Welcome to Beyond, conversations with artists, makers, explorers who have gone outside of the norm to create their own true world, to sing their own precious song. Each of us is born with a song inside, but most will die having never sung it. Imagine if, as a little child, instead of being asked, what will you do when you grow up? What will you be? Or what kind of job will you get when you grow up? If instead you are told, now is the time to listen. As you grow, listen for the sounds of your song. The song that comes from your blood, your bones, your people. Listen for the melody, the verses, the tune. And when you hear your song, sing it. Imagine that kind of world. That's the kind of world I'm devoted to building. I am your host, Daphne Cohn, the creator of multiple online programs, courses, and within a community for artists, makers, and writers dedicated to the courage and practice of singing their own song. I ask you, are you ready to sing your own song? Are you ready to go beyond? Before we begin, a few words about Illumin, the free sacred creativity hour that I offer every Monday through Friday on Zoom, 6 to 7 a.m. Pacific, 9 to 10 Eastern, and 2 to 3 GMT, London. Illumin is a time to make. It's whatever your medium, words, paint, clay, pen, paper, canvas, whatever your art, poetry, prose, drawing, sculpture, illustration, paintings, writing, whatever you make, come join us and give this time to your art, your life, your soul. It's totally free and it's totally for you. You can find out more at IlluminHour.com. My guest today is Carrie Schmidt. I first met Carrie when I interviewed her for the podcast several years ago. Her story of pain, loss, and rebirth captivated me. Her colorful paintings of flowers and women delighted me, and her success as an artist intrigued me. Then we became friends, and I fell in love with her passion for creativity, her devotion to the creative spirit, and her wild, fierce, questioning soul. Despite Carrie's heat allergy, which can drain her physically and emotionally, Carrie is all light, painting beauty into the world. Carrie began painting after being diagnosed with a life-threatening heat allergy in 2009, and painting, as she says, became a therapeutic practice and act of tenderness amidst the darkness. With time, there was healing and the birth of my life as an artist. Today, Carrie is a full-time artist, art retreat facilitator at her home, otherwise known as House of Miracles, and author of The Story of Every Flower, Painted Blossoms, Creating Expressive Flowers with Mixed Media, and the children's book, A Flower in Her Heart. She licensed her art for stationery, home decor, clothing, and other lifestyle products. Some of the things that we talk about in this conversation are what it means to be a devotee of creativity, how creativity awakens you to the most alive and empowered version of yourself, transforming your relationship to creativity from fear or doubt to trust, love, and divine guidance, what your art says about you, how destruction can be the most liberating part of the creative process, money, charging for our work and success in art, and the power of naming and using your creativity to make your world. 
You can learn more about Carrie and her art at carrieschmidtdesign.com, and you can catch up on all past episodes at daphnecone.com. May this conversation inspire you to go within, to the raw, wild expanse of mystery that is your beating heart, vibrating body, pulsing life, in order to go beyond, to utter the sacred. Your words, dance, painting, art. Hello, Carrie. Welcome to the Beyond Podcast. Your second time on this podcast. It's great to have you back. Thank you, Daphne. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. I am too. I am too, because I'm excited to dive into a lot of different things that are, I know, a source of real passion for you and for me. And I wanted to actually begin with a quote, because this is from your book, The Story of Every Flower. And I think we'll frame this conversation in a really beautiful way. So the quote is, I am not creative is one of the most tragic phrases because it is a denial of our wholeness. Where are the eyes, hands, and feet of the sacred that seeks expression through us? We are meant to be creative participants, not passive bystanders in the evolution of the universe. The irony is that when we claim to not be creative, we are creating in that very moment. We are creating a limited version of ourselves and participating in creating a world that does not honor creativity. The question is not, am I creative? The question is, Am I going to use my creativity in a way that expands or diminishes my life and the lives of those around me? So I want to begin by talking about just how you even see creativity, because when you talk about creativity, it's often very different than how I hear others talk about creativity. So can you describe a little bit your relationship to creativity? Yes, definitely. Um, well, I should say I am a devotee of the creative spirit of creativity. I feel like I have completely devoted my life to it and I'm madly in love with it. So um, it is, I call it the primary relationship in my life. I describe it as a love affair. And, um, you know, if people know my story, I was really sick and bedridden and um I feel like creativity just swooped in and saved my life. And I started to paint and it comfort comforted me in a way that no one else could. It's just a different presence. It's a different power and energy. So I just felt like it held my hands and got me through the darkness. And ever since then, I have had nothing but love and devotion and gratitude um, towards it. So, yeah, I mean, that quote, I think... We are always creating our life and our la- the lives of others around us. And so I think being conscious of that is, is really crucial at this time. And I think creativity is the most powerful force in the universe. And I think it will either destroy us or save us. So I don't take it lightly. Um, you know, even people who do harm to others, they're, they're creating something. And so to just be aware of our own power, um, I think is really important. So first of all, when you said it's the primary relationship in your life, just explain what you mean by that. Well, I almost feel like I always say I didn't choose this path. It chose me. And I feel like this is my 
specific calling. I don't know if it is everyone's. I think we all are here and we have a, a soul mission. Um, and I just think mine is to awaken and um, bring back the love for creativity in others. I don't think creativity is celebrated in our culture. I think there's a reason. I don't think that's accidental. And um, I just want to offer a new relationship with creativity that's based on love and trust and gratitude and awaken that, you know, within all of us. So, okay, let's, let's get into that piece of when you say it's not celebrated in our culture and you don't think it's accidental. So first of all, to have it be celebrated, is that what you're talking about with gratitude and love? Is it something different? And what do you mean by it's not accidental? Well, I think that, I mean, the gifts of creativity, what it teaches us um, in my classes, I say like, you know, you have to practice um, trust, risk-taking, love, surrender, letting go, faith. These are really powerful qualities that we develop through the creative process. It is literally shaping us um, as we participate in it. And it has the power to completely transform us. So it is, I mean, I think every culture throughout history knows that um, creativity is dangerous because it is empowering. And it it does awaken us to the most alive and empowered version of ourselves. Um, I have no doubt about that. So the arts have always been suppressed. I think, um, you know, creativity is discouraged because it, it can cause a revolution and change. And, um, you know, c- controlling people's creativity is a great way to control them. Um, so if you look around our culture, I, I think creativity is really undervalued and um and it's there's a reason i think for that and it's not like i said it's not accidental okay one of the things like when you talk about it being most alive and expanded version of ourselves and sometimes when people talk about creativity or when they talk about their art what they make with their creativity they are filled with doubt they wonder if it's good enough i mean i've I've definitely fallen into that. Like, I don't know, is this good enough? I doubt it. All of these things. You have very clear views on this. And I think they're so important. And so that's, I want to go into when we make, why sometimes we don't feel like our most alive and empowered versions. We can feel really scared. We can feel really questioning and what that difference is for you. So, I mean, I think it's about, understanding how creativity works and understanding our role in creativity, because I think the idea that art can be good or bad, I think that's a myth. It's a story. And that's what we've been taught. I don't think we're meant to judge our art. I don't think we're meant to criticize it. Um, I think if we understand our role in the process that we can really shift our relationship and make it more of a loving experience. And so I think that's a really warped way to approach creativity that we've been taught because I mean, when kids are young, they don't have that judgment. And I always say that I treat my art the way I would want to be treated with respect and love and patience. Like it's trying to become something. So um, I don't want people judging me and criticizing me as I'm, you know, changing in ways and who I am. It takes time and just respecting the process. So I think 
we need to completely rewrite our relationship with creativity and understand that we are not in charge. You know, we are not meant to control the process. And I think what it comes down to is if you believe there is a bigger force than you at work here. And so there is the element of, you know, the spiritual, because if you look at nature, it is constantly in a state of creativity. Something is pushing everything, you know, forward and evolving. And we can't deny that. So whatever you want to call that, I think that's bigger than us. You know, I'm not personally, you know, making the tides change and, and having, you know, seeds become trees. I mean, there's something else bigger than us here. And I think acknowledging that and understanding that um, and then allowing room for that to come into your own work so that you're co-creating. So the way I see it is like, because I felt this presence when I was really sick and something came in and just saved me and it was from outside myself, I know it exists. And I've, I've experienced it thousands of times because every time I paint, it's present and I can look around nature and see it happening all around me. So it's not a question to me. It's just like, it's a fact it's there. I've felt it. So um, just co-creating with that and understanding that there is something larger than me at work here. And I want it to, I want to surrender to that because in my paintings, Daphne, I can't tell you how limited my imagination is. Like if it were up to me and I just came to the canvas by myself, didn't acknowledge any other presence, my art would look so different. Like none of it would happen. And so when I, when I surrender and let go and just allow something to come through me, the most amazing things happen that I could never plan. They're just, and it's like, I'm witnessing a miracle right before my eyes. I didn't plan this. I never envisioned it. It just appears. And it's, it's a gift. It's a miracle. I mean, it changes my life, but yes, it demands that you or I be able to surrender and to let go of judgment or outcome, you know, like whatever the painting wants to be, I respect it and I don't fight it. And I just wrote something like, there's a point when I paint where I have to step back often as the composition is emerging on its own. And I step back often. And when we do that in my classes, it's like, you know, people want to judge it. And it's like, just step back. And instead of judging it, listen to it. And that shifts everything. That's, it's a completely different experience. And so, you know, I'm really passionate about understanding our role in creativity and how creativity works. I think we're missing that piece. So we want to, we want to go and we want to paint and we want to see a result, but we're like, we're not taking into account all the invisible unseen energy that is um, pushing this into manifestation. So I really think we need to start there. So in my classes, that's a huge part. It's like, before we do this, I think it's important we understand, you know, how this works, what our role is. It's just like, if you're going to play a sport, you don't just go out on the field without any understanding of how to play the game. And so it's this, and if you do that, it's, it's chaos. It's not going to go well. And it's the same thing with art. So. Well, um, a lot of times, just to say a lot of times when we talk about understanding the game, for example, someone might sit down and say, okay, here are the rules. Here's, here are the rules to how you play soccer. This is what you want to do. Yeah. These are the goals. These are the objectives. This is what's going to happen when you get out on the field. Yeah. But you're talking about something different when you talk about understanding our role to creativity, because you're not talking necessarily, even though you do teach this, you're yeah. not talking about here's how you're going to paint 
this. Here's how you make these flowers. Right. Say like, what are you talking about when you say our role? So like, I mean, even in, you know, I grew up playing sports, you never know what's going to happen on the field, but you do understand your job. And so to me, like when I paint, my job is to allow something to come through me and respect the process. So I show up, I am just the hands and the feet and, you know, the eyes of this, to me, it's just this invisible force or energy that wants to like play with us. It wants to create beauty, but it, I mean, it has to come through us to manifest. And so, um, I think, you know, I love this quote. I think it's John O'Donnell who said the invisible is always parent to the visible. So we're creating something visible. And to me, it makes sense that we acknowledge where it's coming from and where it begins. And it's always in that invisible realm. So I think the energy we bring and the understanding of what we're doing, if we have a clear understanding of our role, there's less confusion because we know our part. And like, so I think it's just an expression. It's not good or bad ever. And so I think that's a myth that we've created as a culture that art can be good or bad. And to me, if you can't see the beauty in something someone created that has nothing to do with that piece of art or that person that has everything to do with your, your own limited view of beauty. Cause when I look at a piece of art, it's beautiful because someone went through something and someone did that. And so I just think we have to kind of shift our perspective. And, um, and so, yeah, I just see something coming through me. It's not my role to judge it. I think that is, that's a tragedy. (laughs) Well, okay. Let's take this as an example because I might say, oh yeah, okay. I can see the beauty in this, but I don't necessarily like it. I don't necessarily want it hanging on my wall. Yeah. What is that difference between this being willing to see the beauty opening up wide enough to, to not judge it. And yet at the same time, we have preferences. Like we, I imagine that you're going to make paintings and you're going to say, I like this one or I don't like this one. Yeah. I mean, I love all of them, but it's like, you know, when you have a child, you don't start judging it and saying like, well, you know, I like it. I don't, it's, I don't think it's about us. Like, I think it has nothing to do with us. So whether it's your own work or someone else's work, it's not about you. Like something wanted to be expressed. So that's it. You know, you can like it, you can hate it. That's not the point. I think for me, uh, the gifts of creativity are in the process. It's like who we are becoming while we are, we're having a, we're having this like co-creative moment with this beautiful unseen creative force that is teaching us, it's shaping us. I mean, the cool thing about creativity to me is, you know, if you resist when you make art, you will lose. I have never ever won against creative, like the creative force. Like uh, I have a friend who says, you can't make a poem go where it doesn't want to go. And to me, I'm like, exactly. I cannot make a painting go where it doesn't want to go. I feel like it already knows what it wants to be. I'm playing with something larger than me and um, I'd rather work with it than against it. So I think the point of creativity is to transform us and empower us and shape us. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're all in progress. The art I make today 
is not the art I'm making in 10 years. It's just telling the story of my own becoming and my own relationship with creativity. So when I started, my paintings looked very, I don't know what the word is, like primitive. It was a new relationship with creativity. I didn't understand it. I didn't know it. We've like deepened our relationship. So to me, it's all about me and my relationship with creativity and all the gifts it's giving to me and all the ways I'm honoring it. So whether the painting is almost irrelevant, I mean, I think they're important because they're, they add beauty to the world and hope. And, but they're really just a testament that someone was here and someone created something like somebody danced with the creative spirit. And, and, you know, this, this is, this tells the story. So I I'm inspired by it, just the process basically. And, you know, then we have something beautiful or not beautiful to look at, but that's not the point. And I think our culture is so focused on results and outcome that we take the joy out of everything we do because it is so not about that for me. But I do believe if I come to this process with love and gratitude, how can that not be beautiful? How can the painting not be beautiful? I'm Because I think the energy we bring to it is what is reflected back at us. And I've seen the response to my work is exactly the energy. Like what women say to me is exactly what I'm putting into the piece. Like they can see that, that love and the gratitude and the joy. And um, even they can see different, deeper messages that are like blowing my mind lately when women kind of give me feedback. Cause I'm like, gosh, that's amazing that you can feel that in the work. So whatever you bring to the canvas is going to be reflected at you. So if you bring tension, doubt, fear, if your body's tight and you have anxiety, that's what the painting is going to look like. There is no way you can create loose and expressive and free work when you are criticizing yourself or your art and judging it, you know? So to me, it's the qualities you bring to it that that's all, that's really all that matter matters. And I don't have a lot of like technical painting skill. I really don't. I was self-taught. I started in my thirties. I'm not good at drawing. Like, I don't care. I just, I feel like something else takes over and I just let it. So there's not a lot of stress because I'm not in charge. There's this other piece of it that you talk about, like, cause there's what we were talking about with evaluating. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. Mm-hmm. But then there's this piece of being in conversation with, with the creativity around how alive it feels like. So yep. one of the things that you said was, I love the destruction phase of art. I adore painting over pieces in process that just don't feel alive to me anymore. Say a little more about the difference yes. between that and what we were talking about before. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think when things get tight or when um, things get stale, uh, I feel like that's the painting telling me this is not what I want to be. You can try to like force this on me, but this is not me. So that, that part I think is where we meet resistance because we're like, we want it to be a certain way. And there's something else saying no. And I, I feel like that no is going to always be stronger than what we want. And this leads to a lot of um, frustration and resistance. So the destruct, the destruction phase is sometimes just required to further the painting to help it get to where it needs to be. And I think when you, I, I do say like, this has nothing to do with you. Like, <laughs> do not think your art 
is a reflection of you. It, I mean, it's not, it is a reflection of maybe the energy you bring to the piece, but I don't think it is a reflection of my worth or value. So I feel like there's a freedom in that, but um, destruction is part of the process and it can be the most liberating feeling in the world, you know? And I mean, we have that in our own lives. We, sometimes we need to, you know, end things. We need to, there's like a lot of deaths and rebirths in our own life. So to practice that on the canvas and to know that everything's going to be okay, it can be really liberating. And it is one of my favorite things to do with the canvas because it is like giving it new life, you know? And I also think things have a timeline. So sometimes like if I'm working on something and I come back to it later, it's like, well, that moment has passed. Now this wants to be something else and that we need to start over and acknowledge that. So our commitment and our culture to like always being the same, like we, if we're this, we have to be this forever. If we're in this relationship, it has to be forever. I feel like that is not reflected in nature or in creativity. Like there's, I've gone through a million deaths and rebirths in this one life, just personally. Um, and so I think creativity also teaches us that. And this difference though, between like, if you're looking at a painting, what is it, how is it different to say, I don't like this versus this isn't alive for me? Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's about not making it about you, but it's about listening to the painting. I mean, I listen and it doesn't feel like it wants to go that way. And so there's a, there is a resistance. It's like, um, I just did a painting and I feel like it painted itself. And I feel like if you can walk away from a painting and feel like, wow, that just painted itself, there was no resistance. So it's about listening. And I think I talk to my paintings. I, I have a lot of conversations with, you know, non-humans. I think that we're in constant relationship and communication with all sorts of things. Like I will talk to the trees or the ocean or, you know, the mountains or anything, but I really do have conversations with my paintings. And I feel like they talk to me, like I've gotten messages from them. I've learned, they teach me certain qualities. Like there was this one painting that took me like three years and it basically taught me to not settle and to be who I am and to be patient. So I just feel like our art has so much to teach us. There's so many messages it wants to communicate with us. And so I think honoring, you know, who it wants to be, it's like a child, if they don't want to do something, it's not like, I don't like, it's not like you're thinking, I don't like you, but it's about listening to like, what do you want to be? This doesn't feel like it's working. It doesn't feel like it's making you happy. Like the painting is not feeling alive to me. And, and so I guess it's like just about learning to listen yeah. and then respecting it as something that is not you. Um, and it, yeah, I mean, it really bothers me that we claim our art as though it is us, you know, like we're embarrassed or we're, or even proud. It's like, it goes either way. It's like, I don't know. I just feel like it's its own thing. And we need to separate it a little bit from who we are and our own value and our own worth. So it makes total sense to me because it, it's just interesting. Just this morning, I was writing in Illumin, the creativity hour that I have. And I, in the, it's like, as I was writing, and it often feels this way when I'm writing, I'm like, 
uh, oh, something's coming, something's coming. And I have to just like, I have to keep moving my hand and, and hope that the words, like whatever that is, will, will come like, will and I won't lose the thread that I just, I just keep listening and writing and listening and writing. And this whole thing came up this morning about, oh my gosh, I need to do this thing this way. Like not the way I was doing it before. And that's only from showing up for creativity, sitting yeah. down and then listening for when it's like, oh, this is alive. Like there's something here. So yeah. yeah. There's so much around us. I feel like if you show up to the canvas and you think you're the sole creator, that's all on you. You're doing this alone. That's a lot of pressure, first of all. And you like think the objects, the materials are dead. Like the tools are dead. The canvas is dead. You know, that's a lonely way to work. It's also really limiting. And there's a ton of pressure. Now it's all about you and what you can do. And then we have this choice to go into it and, um, you know, believe in this sort of unseen world that we are engaging with. And all of a sudden it's like, there's a freedom. You're not alone. It's not all about you. You know, there's you, I have to respect my, my tools and whatever is happening on the camera. It's just a completely different way to look at it. And to me, it makes more sense spiritually. I think there's like you know, certain science and physics about energy and, um, you know, this force in the universe, there's, so it, there's a, a lot to support it. So it might sound woo woo, but it, I, I think it is more, there's more proof of it than against it. It's just that we're so taught to not acknowledge this way of being and this world and, um, you know, the idea of conversation and relationship. I just, I think it's, really downplayed. So it's unfortunate. And I do think we've done a, dis a disservice to creativity. I think we've disrespected it. Um, and it's unfortunate because it just has so many gifts to give us. And, to, you know, like you say, like, oh, you were writing today and then like something's coming through you. For me personally, that is the best feeling in the world. Like that is what brings me back to the canvas every day is it feels like this co-union with something beyond myself it's to me I mean it's like this divine presence and to connect with that is like is everything to me so I mean just to experience that is like life-changing and then the more you do it the more real it becomes to you so there's this element of faith and connection I mean the gifts that creativity can give us is just it's just transformative and yeah, I can't imagine a world where we celebrated creativity in a, in a different way. So, okay. I want to, okay. there's a couple things because I want to go into this idea that we have of success as it relates to being an artist and, and with creativity. But first, just in relation to what you just said, when you say, you know, this is what brings you back to the canvas. And I've also heard you talk about like this, there's this these different schools of thought, like I'm going to show up when inspiration strikes or when it fits into my life, but you don't treat creativity that way. Like you really prioritize it. You show up for it. Can you just talk about that commitment to creativity, the way that shows up in your life? Yeah. So, well, I mean, I have to say I'm madly in love with it. I'm, there's nothing more 
sacred in my life. So um, I think creativity is, it surrounds us at all times. I mean, we can't escape it if we tried. So it's the idea that like the muse shows up sometimes in the others, to me, that is such an inverted view. I think we don't show up for it, but we, it is literally surrounding us. We are swimming in it. There's no escape. Like everything is in a constant state of creativity. That's undeniable. You know, I mean, our bodies, everything. So um, I just think that's a cop out. I think like um, if it's, it's us, we need to show up for creativity. And um, it's like being in a relationship and blaming the other person, you know, instead of saying like, what, what's my role here? And um, I mean, I just, love it. And I think if you don't love something, you're not going to stick with it. And so to me, helping like other people, my students, um, develop a healthy, loving relationship with creativity is, is key to longevity, to your enjoyment, you know, to your, to your growth. Um, I think if you, if you show up for creativity and you're not in right relation to it, it is going to take you on a wild ride. It is going to just have its way with you. And just, I don't know. I feel like it is going to take you to your knees and, and take you where you need to go if you'll stay with it, but it will teach you. Uh, it's the most powerful teacher that I can think of. So, and it's, it so hurts me that it's not taught in schools because it, it brings so much joy to our life. It, it changes us and empowers us. I, I can't believe we don't give it more credit, you know? So. Yeah. When you said just how about how it will bring you, bring you to its knees or it will have its way with you. And of course that goes both ways because it can give you life as it has with you. And one of the most recent examples, it feels like of creativity having this way with you in a really positive way is the home that you live in and the world that you are creating with this home, because it's not just a house. So can you tell us about the house? Tell okay. us about how you got there and what you call it, and then we'll take it from there. Okay. So I live in the Seattle area and it is very, very expensive here. Um, my rental that I was living in was being sold. So I needed to find a place to live. And I was all set on finding a place in the deep woods. We have a lot of woods here in the Pacific Northwest and going into this dark woods because I'm allergic to the sun and heat and just kind of disappearing and, and becoming this like woodland creature and just, you know, hiding away. But I, <laughs> it was really strange because I feel like something else had another plan for me. And I ended up, um, buying my first home. Um, it's, it's near the ocean and it, it has the views on the mountains and it's completely not the woods, but it literally felt like something, some, the, I call it the creative force or creative spirit just picked me up and carried me here and just plopped me down because this was felt completely out of my control. It felt like something else brought me here and I, it felt so effortless on my part. Like it was amazing. Something just carried me to this other place and a lot of miracles unfolded to get me here because I was really set on living in the woods. This never occurred to me. So 
it reminds me of the creative process when I paint because that force just leads me somewhere that I could never <clears throat> imagine on my own. So there's this element of listening, but also sometimes it just swoops you up and carries you away. And so I guess it is the same as the creative process because I did listen. I didn't resist this, but I ended up through a lot of wild <laughs> miracles buying this house. Um, and I honestly thought I was going to be homeless because it is so expensive here. Um, and I won't get into that. It's just, I, I don't know how anyone lives here, but um, I was able to do that also through miracles. And um, this house is going to be a, an art sanctuary retreat space for women to come and create. So paint or write or, you know, do whatever form of creativity you want, but it's a little, it's a little art sanctuary. I named it House of Miracles, um, which is, I call home for short, H-O-M with a long O. And again, I feel like it kind of named itself because I had a few other names in mind, but these like miracles kept happening and it just felt like, you know what, the house wants to be called House of Miracles, just like the house had its own ideas, just like the paintings have their own ideas. So it's a really magical way to live. And when you practice that listening and surrendering on your canvas, it becomes really effortless in your life. Like all of a sudden you're living this way, which is why I think art is transformative. Um, it really shifts us and, and changes the qualities inside of us. Um, so as we're working on our art, it is working on us. It is a very reciprocal relationship. And I think, you know, that's also something we need to acknowledge. Um, so anyway, yeah, I ended yeah. up here. It's really scary for me. This is out of my comfort zone. I, I get a little worried with the financial part of it, um, but it's something I need to do. And it felt so like ordained and predestined. And I had dreamed of this for, I don't know, at least a decade. And it felt like a really slow dreaming. It was a long time dream. And then all of a sudden it was like, whoosh. And it was like, boom, 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 it's done. So I, I'm just fascinated by that part of the process, by like the long incubation period of imagining and dreaming and thinking about it. And then something swept in and was like, okay, it's time. And it pushed me here. Like just, I, I just, it's like, I didn't have a choice. Well, so. so one of the things that I wanted to ask, because while it's not necessarily, it's not painting, but it is very much about creativity and the power that we have to create is in naming this house, the house of miracles, that, that was something for you. Like talk about yeah. what it was to name it what you felt in the naming of it and our power. Yeah. So use our creativity I, that way. Yeah. I, creativity has taught me so much. And I mean, this is just an extension of that, but um, I felt like that is what it wanted to be named. And then when I actually named it that I made us, I painted a sign. And when I hung it on the house, it felt the sign and the words felt so powerful to me. Like I had just, given, I don't know, like something was alive that was not there before. So it was like the moment, it was like a declaration or a proclamation of a way of being and living and believing. It was like, I was taking a stand and saying, I believe in miracles. I'm bringing this back and I'm calling it in to this space. And so it felt so powerful. Like when I would look at the sign, I was like, whoa, like my whole body would get charged. It still does. 
And I just felt like this is the life I'm creating. And we're calling back in this way of being, of believing in, in miracles and blessings in the unseen world that for like centuries was accepted and believed and celebrated. And it's been silenced to, I think to our, you know, um, not benefit. I mean, I think it's sad, but what it reminds me of is like, we have the power to create our own reality and our own um, life and world at any moment. Like we can declare something and make it true. Like it's true. This is a house of miracles <laughs> because, because I said it and it, it's, it's just, it's awakening something that is there. So, and I mean, I, I think, you know, miracles are happening all the time, but acknowledging them is a choice and a way to live. And the root of the word is a uh, mirror, which is to look, to see, to, to wonder at. I love that. I love that it, that's the root of the word. And I mean, the word exists in every culture. So <laughs> there's a reason. <laughs> the, the other thing about this is that one might think, okay, I'm going to name my house, the house of miracles. Well, that's kind of um, bold, you know, yeah. like, okay, now this is the house of miracles. And there's something <laughs> like the thing though, that feels so important here is it's yes. You could say it's bold. If it was just me that was naming it, but this comes back to the relationship with creativity. This is you listening, hearing the name and then honoring that. And I think that's just a very key piece of all of this because it helps us it goes back to understanding the role that we play in all of it to step out and say, it's not me necessarily being bold. I don't have to be the one to defend this or to proclaim it. It's, this is what is coming through. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I feel like this is what the place wanted to be and everything was pointing to that name and that, that truth that um, miracles landed me here that all sorts of strange things were happening. And to me, this will forever be the house of miracles. And I want, I want to awaken that energy for other people who come here. And I believe by naming it, it will be so like, I think, you know, we talk about the power of words and um, they're often the first manifestation of something. So, you know, I do believe we have to name things sometimes to um, give them power and to awaken that energy that's, that's here. You know, we, at any time we can, we can create anything for ourselves. So, um, it is funny though. It felt bold. And then I was like, why is that? Why should that feel bold? You know? And like, I mean, it's so interesting because we're, we're kind of not encouraged to, to do things like that. Yeah. But to me, this feel, it does feel like a temple for creativity. So, when I'm working harder than I've ever worked before, because I, because I'm now working on the house to get it ready. And then I have my own business on, you know, so it's like, it's really been a ton of work, but it's driven by this like kind of honoring creativity and understanding that I've been given this gift and now I want to, um, share it. And so, yeah, I mean, it just, it fuels me, but it feels like this temple for creativity. I feel like we need these spaces and we need to bring them back, you know, like we need to celebrate creativity and honor it. And I feel like we need a physical space to, to do that. So 
it's kind of an idea that's as old as time of having these like sort of sacred spaces that do have this charge, this power. And it, it, it has that because like we've believed it and we've brought that energy to those spaces. And, you know, um, I don't know, that's kind of what I'm going for, but yeah, yeah it just happened. I had no, this was not on my radar, like three months ago. I know, you know, that I thought I would just be hiding in the woods somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> hiding from the sun and just doing my own thing. So I'm really excited. I feel like it's a culmination of my whole journey. And uh, since I was little, I think it, this has been like leading me to this moment. And I don't know, you know, I really feel like part of my role is to just change our relationship with creativity. Um, I know there's this book called The War of Art and I love the book and nothing is, you know, I, I think it's brilliant, but that language really bothers me. So I want to bring in a more loving relationship. Yeah. Let's actually, let's move into language a little bit, because this is another thing that is both really important to you, but an example of creativity and how we use our creativity to make whatever world we want to live in. And one of the things that you talk about is making up new words, words that speak to things we don't necessarily have words for. And like you shared this in on Instagram how you had created this new word, Marari. Is that how you say it? I think so. Marari. Marari. And you said it's the art of turning burdens into blessings, a theme of your life. So first of all, let's just talk about that for a minute around you want a word for something. So you make it. And we don't often think like, oh, I can just make up words. So share about why this is so important and just what you see around this. Like, do you see yourself making up more words? Why and why? Yeah. Why is it important? Yeah. So I've always felt that words are really important and it, um, I'm fascinated by what we name and what we don't name in our culture. I think it's really important to look at that because the things that aren't named are invisible. I mean, we don't see them, acknowledge them. So I, I think, words have tremendous power. And I know the root word of abracadabra, when a magician says that, um, is rooted in the Hebrew word. It's like, I, I can't remember the Hebrew word, but it sounds very similar to abracadabra. Um, but what it means is, uh, as I speak it, I make it so, or as I speak it, it becomes true and real. I am fascinated by that sort of the physics part of like, what is this? What are we doing when we name something and energy and how that works? So, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of words for experiences that I have, um, like that Mirari. Um, I was, I, so I kind of was calling it like a painting technique because there were a bunch of sort of um, rough parts to the house on the walls and I just decided to paint flowers over them. Um, and so I just decided that technique is called Mirari when you like just paint flowers or something over something rough to make it beautiful. And then on a larger, broader scale, it's just about turning the blemishes into blessings or something. So do we have a word for that? I don't think we do. So there's a word. And then I know you do a lumen and um, your sacred creativity time. And I'm so enthralled by gathering with other people in silence and creating. 
and there's no word for that. <laughs> so I want, I want a word for that. I think I made up a word. It was like, you did. You did. Yes. It, because I want to name that. It's like, that is Shadanti. That it, and I think the, the words we, we um, show our values by what we name. If we refuse to name something, it is a refusal of its existence to me. So, and then, you know, you and I, I feel like we have a, um, we're walking on this sort of spiritual path together, kind of side by side. So we have most, our conversations are spiritually driven or, you know, curiosity driven. And I'm like, what is the word for that person that you journey on this path side by side next to each other? And you're learning things about each other, spiritual, like you're influencing each other, but you're walking your own paths. And I was like, we need a name for that. So I forget. I think I came up with something. We didn't, we didn't come up with something yet, but the thing was, was even just you talking about that, which was, this is, I think, God, I, I just find this so valuable because when you brought that up, that we need a name for that, all of a sudden it framed our friendship differently in my mind. It's like, it changed the quality of the friendship by even just, even without the actual name, but thinking yeah. of, oh, what would be the word for that? But yeah. that is even a thing is like, oh, wow. It's so powerful to call something what it is. And it is. yeah, because I don't know if I realized what we were doing until we like talked about what is the, what is the word for this? And that's why I think it was powerful putting a sign on my house because all of a sudden it was like, it made it real. And it, you know, and so I think what I want to do as I create these new words is um, awaken the spirit world in our lives because they're all, they all have a spiritual bent to them. And I feel like that has been taken away from us. And when I say spiritual, I feel like it is the creative side. It is, I don't know if there is a difference to me between like creativity and spirit. I feel yeah. like they're kind of merged yeah. and it's that power of creating the world we want to live in. And so um, I feel like these words have been taken away from us and quieted. And so they don't exist, but I mean, I just don't, I don't know. I feel like we have so much power. Like what if we all named our houses and I don't know, it's like, we can awaken the sacred because I feel like when we named what we were doing, it was acknowledging like the sacredness of what we're doing instead of it feeling like, Oh, it's just a friendship. It's so mundane. I, I was like, no, we're like, cause you'll say something to me and it'll change my life. Like you were, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but you, we were talking about money. Yeah. We can and, talk about that. I think it would be yeah. good. And so I felt like maybe I, because something happened to you that made you question it. And I was kind of like defending you and then I, which I wouldn't do for myself. And then I, it was like, you were like a mirror reflecting back to me and then it changed my life like that conversation it was a instant change and I've thought yeah let's give let's give just a little bit of context because I was going to be asking for donations for a (laughs) loop so still going to be free but I was going to be asking for donations and I realized that I was actually I was scared to ask for donations for something that is free. And so I, Carrie, she was going to, I'm just sharing this with everyone, people listening. So Carrie was going to um, share about Illumin with her community, which we're going to get to in just a minute. Uh, But I wanted to make sure, wait, maybe Carrie's going to be, maybe Carrie doesn't want to share about it if 
I'm asking for donations. Like maybe that's going to offend her. And so I shared with Carrie, are, is it okay with you that I'm going to be asking for donations? And Carrie, <laughs> Carrie, I mean, as you can see, not shy on what she feels strongly about. So Carrie was like, are you kidding? Of course you should be asking for donations. You're showing up every morning. Like this is crazy. And what it made me see, and also, and Carrie's going to talk about this in just a minute was how, after all these years, I still have so much, many stories and shame around asking for money and charging for, for what I do and, and how I will always undercharge. I will undervalue. And so we began to talk about money and women and being artists and being entrepreneurs. And so now you can take it from there. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge issue and I think it ties into what we're talking about. Um, as far as you know, just our conditioning and the, the values and messages we get from culture. And so when you shared that with me, I was like, you have, you know, of course you deserve money. Like you're providing an important service. It's your time. I know you do a lot of preparation for it. You know, it's a commitment. Like if this was a business gathering every morning, five days a week, you think anyone's doing that for free? <laughs> so it was the value of like, oh, but it's creativity. And there's this idea that we should just be, you know, doing all these things for free. Um, and, and that's, a, I, again, I think that's just a cultural um, distortion of, of what the, you know, we accept. So when I said that to you, that's something I wouldn't have been able to say to myself because I undercharge, I undervalue my work. I'm so scared of telling people like pricing and that has always been comfortable with me. So, but because it was you, it was easy for me to say and defend you in a way I couldn't defend myself. And then because of that, when you, our conversation forced me to be like, you know what, I've had it too. And, (laughs) and it, and I actually charged more like two days later for originals, because I, my dad has been telling me for 10 years, you need to charge more, but it wasn't until our conversation and seeing it, you know, through your eyes that I was actually able to take action. And that's what I think is, is like you and I are on some sort of reflective (laughs) spiritual journey where we're like, we're actually changing each other's lives in real ways. So yeah, I mean, that's what it goes back to that word we need, but also just this whole idea of um, valuing ourselves as creatives. And this, we've talked about this, like in our culture, how we expect artists to suffer and um, not get paid for their work. And it is literally the only um, field career where we expect people to do that. Like we, you know, we don't go to the doctor and ask to lower prices or, I mean, you know, everything else. It's ask like, if it's by donation. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, nobody else takes donations. Really, <laughs> you know, like, and it's a donation. So it's a, still a choice. It's not like, I mean, that's even amazing that it's like, donate if you can, you know? <laughs> so like, um, so that was really eye-opening for me. And I think it is because we don't value creativity. I really see there's a lot of threads here, you know, and, um, and that's, and it is time that we, we need to start valuing creativity and artists and, you know, what they offer. And, um, I I've just, I'm kind of, I've had it because, you know, I have a bunch of contractors working on the house and they really also taught me 
through example to value my own work because they're not cheap. You know, they show up and they're like, this is it. And I'm like, wow, they just ask and they don't, you know, they're not like, it's my donation, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So they've really shown me like, you know what? I, what I do is valuable too, because I think what we do is so valuable. Like we're, we're giving hope and joy and beauty. And um, I don't know. I, I just think, why don't we value these things as a culture? And, and why do we t- treat artists that way? Because my reality is like, you know, I don't have health insurance. I can't go to the dentist, but I know what I'm doing is important, you know, and I want other people to also value it. So I gotta, yeah. I gotta start making changes. I have yeah. to make, you know, okay. I'm kind of tired of like suffering. <laughs> so. <laughs> so let before we talk about the community that you're creating and all, I really want to get into it, but I want to ask one last question before we do that, which is since we're on this vein, um, what success, I want to talk about success from two perspectives. One is this idea of success and, and as an artist and making money and, and what that looks like, but also from this other place of understanding our role with creativity, because a lot of times we can evaluate creativity in terms of financial success. So how do you see success as an artist? Well, okay. So I think my, my art and my creativity is separate from my business. So um, my art and creativity will always exist, whether or not I'm making money um, from it as a business. I, I really want to do that for multiple reasons, but um, I think, you know, success with my art and creativity is, I would just define it as continuing to deepen my relationship with creativity and to serve it in the way that I feel called to do that. Like, I, I really do feel like it's my life's work to be in devotion to creativity. So to me, that would be success if I can, you know, stay true to that and, um, just explore new ways to express that. So that's one, that's one definition of success. So that relationship will exist no matter what, you know, it's like, it's like a marriage, like no matter what your job, what's happening, your job, your marriage is like, that's totally something different. (laughs) So that's my marriage. Um, and then for my business, you know, it's just come to me recently through our conversations. Uh, I want to make money. I want to be abundant so that it allows me to have more power in our culture and, and shape it better and, and put, you know, the money where I, in ways that I want our culture to grow. And, um, so, you know, to support things that I, I see as, as beautiful and valuable. So I guess I'm motivated now to like really make a success of it. And I'm really tired of struggling. I'm, um, I want to provide for myself too. And, and I want to start to feel like I deserve it, you know? So, I mean, like, you know, I'm allergic to the sun and heat and I've been driving my car for years and having anaphylactic reactions because of the sun coming through my windshield. And like, just after our conversation, I was like, you know what? I deserve to have my car windows tinted. Like I shouldn't have to suffer because I'm an artist. So, you know, just starting to like acknowledge that, like what we do is valuable. And I really want the world to see that also, but I think I have to demand it first, you know? Yeah. Just in the same way of naming your house, the house of miracles. It's like you're proclaiming something and 
someone isn't going to come along most likely and say, oh, your house should be called the house of miracles. Like, right. (laughs) That's something that you decide. And then it becomes that. And I think it was really important the way you answered that in terms of there's success as, as the artist, which is to deepen that relationship with creativity, that that is what that success looks like. And Mm -hmm. then there's success as the entrepreneur, which is not being afraid to want to be a financially successful entrepreneur. I mean, that's what makes a business not go under. And, and also what you said is to be able to use that money, which is power in our culture to influence the world in which we live. So, I mean, even this, having this house that costs money, I like, I'm so excited to have this like temple or shrine honoring creativity. I could never do that without money, you know? So this is all new to me. I mean, I was like really into the like, oh, suffering artists forever. But um, the reality is, yeah, I have to, you know, I have to be able to provide for myself too so that I can do this work. And, you know, so I guess framing it in that way helps me. But yeah, I want to be more influential as a, a member of the society. You know, I want to spread a message of, beauty and hope and love and we don't have enough voices and artists doing that so I think it's our time and I I really want the message of you know I don't know awakening creativity in people I really want that out there um because I think it's so important so totally totally okay so let's one of the ways that you're awakening creativity is with your community and so you have this community on patreon will you tell us about the community and then we can also talk about all the ways that you can find it but i just want to know more because one of the places that i feel this podcast is going and again same as what you said earlier i feel like the podcast told me this is where it wants to go and as soon as I got that message, I was like, okay, now I'm ready. I was waiting and waiting to start it back up again, but nothing, there was no energy behind it. And I couldn't yeah. figure out what was going on. And then this idea came and I was like, oh, so it's really so much about these, about individuals who are creating the worlds they want to live in. And then on top with that, creating communities around it so yeah. that those people who resonate with the message can Mm -hmm. then find them and go into these communities and help to expand this vision of this world. So tell me a little bit about what that is and what your community is. Yeah. So I kind of love what you said about the podcast, because that kind of goes back to our question, like what, when it doesn't feel alive, you know, like it's just, I don't know. And then your ability to listen and be guided by that. I think that is a creative process. So that that's pretty exciting. Um, and I think the more you do it, the easier it is. Cause you recognize, you recognize that, but, uh, yeah, my community it's online and, um, it's just this creative community. I post art lessons like three day or three times a month. And then we have a live paint party, um, the fourth week and we do, um, like an opening ceremony and a closing share circle and guest interviews and it is about your relationship with creativity to help you paint. Um, so it's not like a paint and sip class where your, your art, everybody's art looks the same. It's not like that. There are communities like that, but I feel like we have enough, you know, of that. And I really want to just 
awaken the ex unique expression within each person because I think that's the greatest gift um, to, to experience that. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a, an amazing group and it's constantly evolving. Um, I know as yours is, you know, it's growing and changing, but um, it's hopefully creating a loving environment to support a healthy and loving relationship with creativity. So I always tell the women, you know, this has the it has the potential and ability to transform us. So that interests me a lot. I mean, it is there's lots of art lessons, um, but I don't want to ignore that other piece. Um, so yeah, and then it's on Patreon, but there's also other offerings on Patreon. So they start at like five dollars and up. Um, so when I moved to this space, I realized you know I'm going to need to take care of my income just to you know be able to pay the mortgage and pay things so um it's sort of this way people can support what i'm doing and at any level i mean there's offerings at five dollars that you receive and all the way up to like 250 which are like private mentoring sessions so you get to pick you know the level <laughs> and um i love that it's called patreon because i want to uh, honor that relationship that we artists have always needed patrons. We need people that support the work we're doing and see it as valuable. So um, it's an opportunity, I guess, for people to be patrons and then receive something in return, you know, so. I think it's also important to point out that yes, you're teaching, you're doing art lessons and you're teaching people how to paint and, you know, how to paint from their, their own unique expression, but teach them how to paint and as I think anyone can tell, the philosophy that you hold, the relationship that you have with creativity, the way you are in conversation with creativity, the devotion that you have for it, that even though that's not explicitly stated in as, okay, you're going to get this when you join the community, <laughs> it's part of it because it's part of who you are. And I personally think it is a fundamental part of making, I know you do too. Yeah. And so the fact that if you're joining a community to make art and learn about making art, but you're really in a lot of ways joining a community that will change your relationship to creativity. Yeah, I mean, there's so little I know for sure, but one thing I absolutely know for sure is that <sighs> creativity has all of these gifts for us. I truly believe in that relationship so strongly. Like I have no doubt how important it is, how life affirming it is, how transformative it is. I, I'm absolutely like certain. And that's probably the only thing I'm certain about in my life. Um, and I think it is, it is essential, I think, to our um, art and to our creativity and to expressing our originality because there is a difference between making a painting and being a painter. So you can take some classes where you make a painting and you're just doing whatever the instructors tell you. And it's a very linear path. It's clear. There's no nothing messy and there's nothing wrong with that. People have great joy in that. And I would never knock that because I think anything you do, you know, artistically is brilliant. So not to knock that, but this is not that this is more about like going into the unknown and creating something that has never existed before. I mean, that is, that's remarkable. Like what we're doing, that is unbelievable. You know, we are creating something that has never been in, in existence. 
And I mean, that makes me want to just jump up and down. Like that's, <laughs> that's a miracle. Like that is a freaking miracle. So that's what this is about for me. It's about the person you become as you explore this, this process and this path that is just yours, just for you alone. And it, to me, it will change your entire life in a beautiful way in like a very empowering, uh, more alive, awakened, blissful way. And I know I'm not the only one. I mean, you know, we've seen this happen and it's just, it's unbelievable. So, I mean, it's a gift and that's just what I want to share with, with people. Awesome. Okay. So as we go into this last part, then this is a perfect time, of course, to be able to say that if you're interested in the community, there's two places to go. One, you can just go to Carrie's website, Carrie Schmidt design, and it's S C H M I T T. And it'll be in the show notes, but Carrie Schmidt design.com. And there you'll see everything, right? You'll see the art. You can see all the art that's for sale. You can see the courses and you can find the community. Everything is there, or you can go right to the community, which is patreon.com forward Patreon. I think I uh-huh. like it wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash Carrie Schmidt. So those are the places to go. Yeah. And then I get to share gratitude. There's so much. I mean, there's so much. And as Carrie has talked about, you know, we have this friendship where we are constantly changing each other's lives through Mm -hmm. the conversation. But so I could go on and on about that aspect of it. But actually what I really want to speak to right now is one of the things that I'm incredibly grateful. Well, I'm going to say two things because I can't, I can't hold back, but (laughs) at least two of the things. So one of the things is the passion that you have for what you believe in. And it was obvious through this whole conversation. It's obvious through everything you share that you are so in love with creativity. You are so passionate about this relationship that it becomes all of who you are and the way that you share that passion is what will, is what has changed me and changes others. And to be able to stand in that and to use your voice that way is it's not just that it's an inspiration. Like it seriously changes things. So that's one piece. And then the other piece is directly linked to that, which is, the way that you are in relationship with creativity, the way that you talk about creativity, how you constantly teach me what that actually means to know one's role in our relationship with creativity, to be in this relationship with gratitude, with devotion, with love, with faith, surrendering the holiness of it, the sacredness of it. Like, I, I just, I don't even know, like, this is where I feel like, oh, we need words for this because I don't have a word for how I keep using the word important, which feels really, really small right now, just how important it is that you cultivate this relationship in the way that you do and then you share about it in the way that you do because I do think that this is what we need right now to change the direction that we are making in our world in all these devastating ways 
and turn it into something else, change it to, to something so much more beautiful, but also so much more true, like this, a truer understanding of our place in this, in this world and our place with creativity. I, I can't even, this is like touches the iceberg. I mean, this is the tip of the iceberg of the things I'm grateful for and who you are and how you show up. But I, I really think you are an incredible human. And I strongly encourage people to check out Carrie's community because you can see, I mean, you can see how amazing it is just by listening to Carrie for this last hour or so. So thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you, Daphne. You know, I, I feel the same way about you and, you know, I have so much to be grateful for um, with what you do and the space you create to ask these questions and have these conversations. So that is my gratitude and just for being a relentless explorer um, into all of these questions. And it's, it's amazing what you've created for all of us. So thank you. You're welcome. And my last question, because we've been talking about this in many ways, but what is this world that you want to live into? Like, what would it look like to have a world where we honored creativity in the way that you have talked about and how would that change things? What does that look like to you? Wow. That's such a good question because it's the unknown. So I don't know what it would look like, but I do feel like if you flip everything upside down, it makes sense to me. So I feel like everything is inverted and, um, I feel like it's about, we're out of balance. Um, and we, we have silenced a huge part of what needs to be brought forward. So, I guess to me, I mean, creativity to me, like I said, it's the most powerful force in the universe and um, it is the realm of potential and possibility. So, I mean, I feel like if we approached it the, the right way and understood our relationship to it and honored that within us and within other people, I, I really think the world would look completely different. And I'm a huge fan of just asking why and you know, it's something as simple as like, why I always feel silly when I talk about this, but I, I do believe it's a, there's a deeper issue, but like, why are all the cars black and gray? Why are all the houses gray and beige? Like why, why are things the way they are and what, you know, how could they be different and what are the values and what is, what energy and values are infiltrating our lives and these decisions that we make? So I just, I feel like if we were to honor and awaken the creative spirit, um, that we would see some major changes. And I think to me, it is also, it's about our own wellness and health and fullness. So to deny this part of us can, you know, lead to a lot of negative experiences. And, um, I just imagine a world more colorful and more, honoring the, um, sometimes I call it the divine feminine, but I more often call it the creative spirit and that energy of creativity. Um, I think it would play out in like, you know, a large scale, like world politics and everything would change if this were an awakened energy. So 
Okay, I yeah. want to actually ask one last thing then, because yeah. just on a on a smaller, more practical way, yeah, one one way that you would offer for beginning to to just more deeply nurture this relationship with creativity as individuals. Mm-hmm. Well, I think first acknowledging that you even have a relationship with creativity is is a really important start and i mean some people don't even realize they do so just to start there i think is important and then to feel like we just need to kind of change our relationship and how we view it totally but the thing that's really blown me away is that over the years it just kind of creeps up on you like i feel now like the air is just saturated with this creative spirit like I feel its presence all around me all the time so I I think just um cultivating a personal relationship with it is really important and again it's about to me it's about see it is also about just seeing miracles acknowledging blessing I mean it can be simple like try to wear color like some some women recently, uh, I had two women within a week tell me like, when they looked at my art, they basically were like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to do what I want to do. And they like, they started designing their homes differently. And that was the message they got from my art. I thought they used like the same exact words within a week. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. But even just your own self-expression, like if do something you love, like express yourself in a way you love, like just drop the conformity. <laughs> we have enough of that and let yourself be you in little, little increments because it does like kind of sneak up on you. And all of a sudden you're in the house of miracles and like, you can't escape this feeling. And I mean, it's a, it's an amazing journey. It is the most incredible journey you can ever, ever take. Like, oh, just, and it's ever evolving. Like it's, I can't even wait to see where I'm at with creativity in five years. So it's, it's my, it's my love affair. And it, it's inviting you also to have a love affair with it. It wants to be loved. It wants to be awakened through you. Like it depends on us. It depends on us. We, we, we can always participate with it. Like it is always there. We get to choose to participate and bring it alive. And that's all it's waiting for. So that's beautiful. Thank you so much, <laughs> Carrie. Well, thing I know that I went on, but I could talk for days <laughs> about this. So, uh, I'll just stop there. If this conversation has moved you or inspired you in some way, take time with it. Let the words and the wisdom settle in. And if you feel called to share this episode with someone else, please do. For all show notes and past episodes and to learn about all offerings, go to DaphneCone.com or WithinCommunity.com. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that over on iTunes or Spotify and review it over at iTunes. If you'd like to be part of Illumin, coming whenever it fits your schedule, you can learn more at IlluminHour.com. Thank you for listening.